Hello and welcome to So Bad It's Good, the podcast that has more credibility to be the next US president than Kanye West. We're now on to episode eight in our worst best countdown, veering close to our finish point, uh, but not before we've tackled one of the most enjoyable bad sci-fi movies out there. So join us this week as we take our last missions, call the flux drive and date our captain's log. Sci-fi is a genre with a mixed record. At times it can predict an incredibly accurate future. The flip phones in Star Trek, driverless cars, Kindle, Zoom and the like. And at the worst, they can manipulate the bare bones of scientific thought for horrendous results. But first, let's uh, power down the shields, uh, go to warp factor five and uh, cruise on down to the casting couch. Uh, Obviously, if you've been listening, you're aware of the rules by now. Uh, We work away uh, the rest of the episode trying to plot out uh, the next best worst movie in the genre. Ashley's upgraded his plastic car bowl into a genuine bowl. Uh, for this episode ceramics yeah Mm -hmm. um and i'm looking forward to hearing uh what what we're going to come out with Uh, okay let's clutch the arm yeah i always let you read that okay oh (laughs) quantum overflux (laughs) quantum overflux great just just science words right there um just just lots of things i was hoping for uh aliens on broadway to be honest, but... <laughs> I, I thought the one you had about the yakuza what was it like the, the yakuza <laughs> versus versus space gremlins i love that i would i would watch that right way um, yeah that's quantum overflux quantum... i suppose you could pretty in its own way blank canvas that because mm. that's just jargon layered upon more jargon so just do whatever you want with that yeah no, Quantum Overflux sounds like the, the next best best hit. Time for our drinking game round, uh, the bit where we chat about some of the overused tropes of sci-fi and recommend a suitable beverage to go alongside it. So, uh, Ash, what would you say is the, uh, the first drink of choice for overused tropes in sci-fi? Uh, so, okay, for, for me, drink... Um... Um, I'm going to try and order. I reckon still way into the future. Mm. Brewdog will probably still be going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pumping out. They do lots of novelty drinks yeah. and cash-in drinks and things like that. So they'll they'll probably have all sorts of weird ales. Maybe uh, a future Brewdog beer. Yeah, sort of. So maybe uh, commemorating the Challenger. Maybe just uh, I don't know. Uh, spock juice or, or whatever mm-hmm. um a few tins of them the fact that in sci-fi films the future is either neon or sand <laughs> so if it's a big city it's it's like absolutely uh plastered with build like a sort of blade runner mm-hmm. type thing mm-hmm. where it's just billboard after billboard ad after ad and everything's in neon like those chippy signs that you get they're just everywhere yeah. now Smithy's yeah. chip stores that's they dominate yeah. the world in the future but like yeah for some reason like the big corporates have, have, have you know take you know adopted that like, like a the pie. Chip shop uh the pie shop aesthetic and for some reason that's everywhere yeah so there's that that's big cities metropolis places or if you know the complete other end of the scale it's some sort of like sand mud hut mm. sort of like 
uh, Nomad, like like the what you famously the beginning of like a New Hope, uh, and places like that. Just these barren things. No, you know you wonder how these sort of scrape a living together. But that seems to be our future. Yeah. And how about you? What, what's our first drink? Uh, so for me, I'm going to say, um, I'm not going to lie, this is actually going to be almost a, I'm going to call this, this is like mind sweeping. I'm going to say you're going to probably like, end of the night, you might just be taking a few of the half drunk uh, tinnies around the room because I am, mm-hmm. you know, unashamedly stealing this from, I think, an episode of drama. But it is true uh, that sci-fi, uh, often it has oh. a very convoluted, confusing way of explaining uh some kind of like mumbo jumbo science and then someone distills that <laughs> yeah, okay. and they distill yeah. it into a uh into like a a very simple to understand analogy <laughs> yeah so 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 what you're saying is we turn the key yeah yeah <laughs> yeah th- i think a, a lot of that sort of um very contrived sort of show off dialogue it will creep into quantum overflow oh, no, as the title probably suggests yeah no as as the title definitely does suggest yeah no i think it's just a really it's funny how many even credible sci-fi movies get into it even like in the matrix which you know genuine credible movie and everything and like morpheus mm. in the matrix he explains to neo like this is what the future is like these are what robots do blah 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 and then he just goes and basically robot that turns humans into this and just shows a Duracell battery and it's like you've literally <laughs> done the same thing um so yeah so that's like I think that's that's one for me as a as a kind of common drink and it is stealing from something that someone's already said that before but I think it's in every sci-fi that you see you know that the famous it's on like the dvd covers i think it's it does crop up in like credits and stuff <laughs> you know that like a descending uh, like green code yeah yeah all stuff do you know do you know what that is what is it they, they they found that the two brothers uh found like an old sushi book like a sushi recipe book yeah. in in japanese i'm assuming and just copied that got give it to the graphics guy or whatever and just said yeah copy that that's brilliant so what you see in the matrix is literally just like sushi recipe unagi <laughs> yeah so yeah <laughs> that's uh that's basically the, the how to unlock the code in the matrix <laughs> you just got to make a, a, a bitch in california roll uh and then you have, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> yeah that's interesting that that is interesting so yeah that's because i was yeah obviously trying to brush up on on some sci-fi films and then come across that so there you go okay um okay i'm, I'm gonna go uh, uh, drinks wise I'm going to go for a brew dog again. I'm going to go for the. <laughs> I'm going to go for their new range. It's called Deckard was a Republican. <laughs> sort of, um, yeah, like a very hopsy sort of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go for uh, sort of get a crate of them in. And you've got two crates of beers now: the the Challenger beer and the and now like the, ch- the Challenger Memorial beer or Spock. I couldn't think of one, but as I was writing that, I thought, yeah, well, I've Decker uh, was a Republican, um, and we'll go for let's see what sort of cliche. Um, oh, okay, th- this sort of annoys me because, as you know, I've got I've got sort of issues with 
as as a driver and i don't like driving i'm, I'm quite alert to driving in both real life and on the silver screen as well mm. uh and what pisses me off in in sci-fi films is when you get to that like advanced state of the future like you get in star wars like in I think it's in the fifth element but it's a, it's a trope across the board you have the space cars which are just floating like in midair yeah. with no system but there's they're perfect there's never like a bleep of the horn, a crash or whatever like that. These cars that are like, you know, completely whizzing past buildings and stuff like that, all in these like different layers. Yeah, yeah. Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony, no crashes. How's that? Well, there's that scene in the fifth element, isn't it? Where he just goes, hold on, and then just drives vertically. That's it, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, it just crops up in loads. It's like they've copied it without really thinking about how reasonable it is or it's just question okay flying cars are probably yeah. going to happen someday i'm not i'm not disputing that but the actual like coordination of them no one's bothered everyone just thinks oh well they'll just fall in like like cake layers or whatever <laughs> well they won't will they <laughs> how many deaths have happened on these flying cars like how and i don't think a single person dies in that car chase as well yeah exactly no no it's, it's it just sort of annoys me um especially when i was a learner yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be a good movie is uh, looking at learner drivers in the future where they were flying cars. Like, how does that, how does that <laughs> yeah. work? Oh, that would, be a, that would be a brilliant little film, actually. Um, right, okay, that's Quantum Overflux. That's going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be like a, he's going to be like a, one of these sort of, which ties into another trope that I'll, I'll come on to in a minute. Mm. But yeah, I think I'm going to have like a, um, He's like a car racer or someone who, who like soups up cars and mm. things like that. But in the future, very, I don't know, traffic conscious and stuff like that. Yeah, he's going to he's going to be the main character. I mean, he'll, he, he, you know, he does not afraid to break the rules if, uh, it, you know, to get the job done. Like, I mean, he's not a criminal, but he will go 75 miles an hour <laughs> uh, if he needs to go somewhere quickly. Um, take a, a, a slippery nipple for oversexed. Um, female characters that are just unnecessarily overset within the movie so probably the most iconic one of this is in uh the 19 early 90s total recall movie mm. with arnold schwarzenegger uh with the, the oh yeah, movie, I, the three her, yeah. I knew about her before i watched the film <laughs> is she on your uh on your spectrum? <laughs> yeah probably somewhere in the you know where does she fit in um Probably just above the uh, the woman from Room 237. Oh, for God's sake. Not the old one. <laughs> not not the one with like barnacles <laughs> on and all that shit. I mean, the, the you know, the, the attractive one. Well, I was, think, I was thinking that there's the scene in it, which I remember vividly, is that where there's a character who's... And she just... This is what really annoys me, like, also retrospectively, because I actually really love Total Recall. I think mm. it's such a well-done movie in terms of its, like, uh, visual effects. Like, they really go well. And, and even the, 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 the limited CGI they have in that movie is done so well. And um, there's just this one of the characters, and she's just, like, if you pay her, she'll just, like, take off her top and you can touch her boobs. A bit like the uh, the guy in Roadhouse now, that, now <laughs> yeah. that I think about it um, <laughs> yeah I haven't got twenty bucks one of the guys one of the guys in um, Total Re and Total Recall is doing it and he's going oh god your boobs made me want to wish I had three hands <laughs> oh great and then she says well I think you're doing really well with two 
Oh. What is that? What is that scene? I, I remember that, that scene. I remember the eye popping scene as well. I've, I've only seen it once. And I, I thought is it was really good back then, but I've never gone back yeah. to it. I, I, I enjoy it still. I do enjoy it. But again, it's just one of these things. But it's Total Recall is like one of the most well-known ones. But I think like all of them, I think all sci-fi movies do this really quite... And I think they've gotten better in more time, but they do it quite uncomfortably. It's like they do always picture like women are just oversexed and you know all they are is like commoditized um within the future uh, there's there's very limited sense of like you know gender representation i guess in that mm. um um okay oh yeah okay so i probably uh, for drinks i'll probably go to the uh, bargain booze in 2050 whatever year we're in ask what brew dogs they've got uh, <laughs> look along the shelf uh maybe ask for assistance like what do you recommend uh he might say you could go for the you can call me hal uh the range let's just come out i'll go yeah i'll have a crate of that and i'll go <laughs> this is a recurring thing that's come out of nowhere the but two two things actually on a spaceship right one is that fantasy room that they always have Oh, yeah. Where you can go in and, and and they're always very clean as well. Like they're always yeah. um, like I think it was it Picard on Star Trek who used to go to it and he'd eat or was it Kirk? I think it's in the no, in the Star no. Trek films and he dreamed of being like a his fantasy his dream was to be well still the more I think about it pretty shit dream not really because <laughs> it's, uh, to be captain of a ship. He's already a captain. Yeah, no, what but like of a ship that? of like you know uh, the old galleon style ships, and I've thought that's that's not a dream, mate. That's a career change. That's just that, yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. That's that's just you know. Yeah, but also vehicle. also with that is that I'm not expecting all. I'm sure also, I'm not expecting it to be like ultra. Obviously, like it's not. You know, it's it's kind of for a certain audience. It's not going to be explicit in these like, simulations, but like obviously they're going to be having like grotty, uh, grotty simulations, um, which I do makes me feel really sorry for the cleaning crew of the Enterprise when I think about it now. Um, mm -hmm. But but secondly, <laughs> is also like just just have some more imagination. Look, like also look, yeah, you yeah. want to just do like a GTA style experience where you could just like exactly. steal cars and jump off just go all that's, out like that's, that's the joy it's like a, it's just yeah. basically a video game it's... that's what you're doing there and it's like <laughs> because yeah it is it's it's in one of the the ones the first six to be fair they're, they're a mixed bag those actually like the search for uh, search for spock is pretty good um that one where they've got to save the whale is absolutely crap yeah. i think that's the fourth one the sixth one i think it's the last kirk one and right at the beginning of the, of the movie uh, he's in the fantasy room and they are on a ship but which yeah that, that that's not a fantasy <laughs> but they never get any debt or they're always very like and i get the point they're trying to make they're always very yeah. like earthly fantasies if you know they're always like uh, like mm. na natural stuff obviously to be back on, on like soil and earth as opposed to in space so that they're always that's the point that they're getting at which i sort of understand but they're never lurid they're never um for example, I mean, you could recreate your favourite film. <laughs> you could create the the double chiefs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you could create, be because brilliant. by then he'd have you know this big 
library of movies you could read yeah you could be you could be like a you know one of dalton's teams you could sit in on dalton's seminar when he when he says like the three rules of bouncing or whatever one of which is That's be nice or you could be in the audience watching uh watching satan's alley yeah or showgirls i could be a dresser show- again hell of a time showgirls. <laughs> But like, actually, genuinely though, okay. So you, you're on the holodeck. You're on the holodeck. You've got this library of movies. What one would you want to be placed in, and which one would you want to do? It's hard because part of you would want to do something really, like, go for a big budget, high tech film and see all of these incredible things. Um, but part of me would just be like, want to be in my favourite film. Uh, which no, I'm not going to so say. I'm not gonna say <laughs> no, I probably I love sort of like which is one of the reasons why Blade Runner is one of my favourite films, not just sci-fi films, but um, I love neo-noir type things. You know, where someone's like got to solve a mystery and things like that. So I'd love mm. to be put maybe in Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. All Chinatown, good. And like have to solve that like big, like weirdly political like puzzle that he's got to solve. I love that movie and. Yeah, something like that, probably. I think Chinatown is one of the one of the best. Dete- I mean, this is going way off track, but I do think Chinatown is one of the best detective movies that oh, I've ever seen as well. It, I think such a well done movie. It's incredible. Um, have you um, have you ever seen Red Dwarf? No, I've never seen it. Give it a watch because it's I, it's one of my favourite comedies. Actually, it's a really like easy to watch comedy. It pokes fun at the sci fi genre, but there is one where he has like this. It's not like a hollow room. It's like a lens and like a bodysuit that he wears, and he's in this, and he he does this detective mm. simulation to like do it. But yeah, it's the same type of thing. I would be, I don't know, if I was going to do, it, I'd probably want to do like something where you can be a part player in something that's really fun, like be Dalton's bodyguard, yeah, or like okay. Dalton's mate, and just be sitting there having drinks and you know looking at this bar getting cleaned up and stuff that would be just quite a laugh yeah but i love horror films as well so to be parachuted into like a horror film where like you could see if you would win against like a freddy or a jason or something like that would be great for me so there you have it some of the key things to take away when watching any good bad science uh sci-fi movie uh, as, as you might think, humankind might be unrecognisable in the future, but some things might just remain the same. Uh, in tonight's future, uh, The Running Man, uh, we see that game shows are alive and well, uh, despite the fact that this story is a bastardised version of Stephen King's uh, classic. Um, we're going to delve into Schwarzenegger himself uh, taking uh, a steer uh, on a killer game show. Um so, like, Ash, when you watched this movie, what was, like, one of the key things, like, you know, everything that's going on, what was one of, like, some of the key things that pulled out for you, one of the those moments? Okay, so, I think, firstly, I, I liked, the, I mean, the story, the, to me, because, you know, action movies and things aren't quite my bag, uh, so a lot of the initial stuff of, like, breaking out of whatever jail he was in, or, or, or that, that was pretty dispensable to me, but I did love the game show aspect obviously the game show in the movie is called the running man a few things about this were puzzling one it seems to be produced well one i really like the presenter that dan killian Mm. is it who killian was like we say was the the les dennis in real life in america he actually presented um 
family fortunes, family feuds, I think family it was called in America. So he, he nails that role, and I think that's really good. A few things about the show that are weird. One, it, is it produced by the government? There doesn't seem to be like a network. It's not like a, oh, it's a BBC thing or, or it's no, produced no, directly. It's... So the government are, are, are gagging in on, on the whole game yeah, show. Yeah, because it's a way of them now. getting rid of criminals, okay, I think. Right. Yeah, I think it's a way of, it's like a, it's almost like the Battle Royale, mm, okay. kind of Hunger Games style thing. I mean, basically the Hunger Games is the running, well, the Running Man is the Hunger Games, Hunger Games is the Running Man. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that, yeah, because at one point he, he rings up, I remember him saying um, he's trying to pick contestants. Apparently, in the future, you'll have like murder murderer agencies in the same way that you have talent agencies. Apparently, that's going to be a thing. Um, and he rings up. He wants what's it? Ben Ben Richards. Ben, ben Richards. Ben Richards is the is the Arnie character. He wants to get this rogue um, anti-establishment figure on the show to put him through his paces. But he needs permission from the government to do so because he's a prisoner or, or whatever, prisoner or whatever. Um, so he rings up and he says, Justice Department? Yeah. Entertainment division, please. And I thought that was great. Um, but the, the thing that was confusing, so you've got this show that pretty much everyone watches. There doesn't seem to be any uh, other shows. There's no Attenboroughs. There's no, there's no reality. Well, I suppose that is a reality TV, but there's no... This is like the one channel. I think some, at some point someone says it's on 24 7. Hmm. How does that work? Uh, exactly. Well, just because... Also, Killian's going to need a rest at some yeah. point. You can't be hosting the running man too much. Exactly. Because so... um, he's, well, because he's got to go and host Family Fortunes as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, like, um... even like, this is, this is coming across that the running man does feel like the Who wants to be a millionaire of the future. Like, everyone's crowded around. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants their like to feed in. People are betting on it, aren't they? They're like betting on who's going to be the. Yeah, the, people are betting. Oh, what what annoyed me about this really was that the crowds are complete, and I don't know whether it's supposed to be like a brainwashing thing, but they're completely sycophantic about this show. Mm. No one, except towards the end, no one supports like the the runners. Surely, surely, someone out there is is cheering them on, yeah. rather than the government. But no, apparently not. Everyone well, that old is. busy ended up doing it halfway through the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one who says, uh, Ag- Agnes, was it? Was <laughs> Agnes, her yeah, Agnes. <laughs> yeah, I've, in fact, I've got it down. At some point, she says, he asks, what, why, you know, what, what do you see in this Ben Richards fella? And she says, he's a mean motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks for that, Agnes. We're running live. You can go and sit down. It's like your nan suddenly spouting off about like uh, you know <laughs> the racial the racial tensions in the world, yeah. and you're just like, no, no, let's uh, let's move away from that. We don't want to be talking yeah. about uh, about those things. Um, I I have to kind of add for me, I, I think ultimately my favourite kind of element of this movie is the hunters for in the Running Man. Yeah, um, I liked them. I think I loved first of all their their themes. I loved that you had Sub Zero uh, was an ice hockey was dressed up as an ice hockey player, and had an, yeah. had a level like it was a video game where it was in an ice hockey rink that he had to fight mm. him. Which yeah, um, that was that was something. And then, but to me, the one that is probably stands out as the most random hunter in that group. Yeah. 
is Dynamo, who is <laughs> who's wearing this giant plastic suit with LED lights all over him. He can and he's shoot an electric, he can do well. that force lightning thing that the Emperor does. Yeah, he's, he was in real life. In a real life? I didn't realise that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, but also... To be what, honest, out of anyone in that film, I would have voted him for governor. <laughs> well, this is the other thing about, like, putting your bets on something. Because there's a bit, like, there's, they're, they're asking, like, the audience who they want to get in and they go to this guy and he's like oh like you know what do you think like who do you think and he's like mm, well i want i want dynamo but buzzsaw was last year's champion i was like how does that <laughs> work hey <laughs> yeah was it do, do these hunters are they ranked are they are they like given yeah that's that never came across. That, but, but then all the way through, it's like, oh, Buzzsaw was last year's champion. It's like... <laughs> Buzzsaw's the one that eventually gets the old chainsaw up the japsy. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he has the... Uh, Arnie also just does, like, invoke his best bond here. Uh, because with all the people oh. I think he's killed, a, he's like, he says something with Buzzsaw, he's like, yeah, he had to split. <laughs> yeah, there's... There's tons of that. In fact, well, not only that, but there's like the self, self-referential self uh, stuff, yeah. isn't it? Of course, he says quite often throughout the film, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, and and the, you can tell that there's a scene there where the cameraman is lingering on, the director's going, do it, say the catchphrase, <laughs> it's in your contract. <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go on. Uh, <laughs> definitely that. Because there's quite a few. He says that quite a few. Um, in the ice hockey scene, there could have been a few nice uh, preemptive Mr. Freeze ones there. No, no, he was, that, he was saving that. He was saving that up. He was saving them up, yeah. <laughs> No, he does. He still has to go. Like when they go, oh, that Sub Zero was really bad, and he's like, yes, he was a real pain in the neck because he kills him. But yeah, but yeah, that, there's I, also that bit where he he screams to the camera after killing Sub Zero, going, he's no longer Sub Zero. He is now Plain Zero. <laughs> yeah. Was that what that, yeah. was that was that funny? Was that witty? Yeah. I don't know. I, I I suspect Snake Plissken was like a script editor on this. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my, that's like the, the hunters themselves are just brilliant. Yeah, they, they are great. Have you noticed what, right, what, what's this business that, because um, we'll, we'll get onto this scene a bit later, I think, but uh, Jesse Ventura plays the, um, he's like a, what, a second host, like a co-host in a way. But like former champion now is like. That's it, yeah. Like um, like Gary Lineker on exactly he's, he's yeah. the Gary Lineker, like Gary Lineker yeah. <laughs> or Jerry Lawler who used to do all the WWE stuff yeah yeah something like yeah he's former thing to yeah so it keeps on cutting to from the show itself which okay people are watching and, and enjoying clearly to the locker room yeah I never got that I don't get what the locker room what. Is that just before the the uh, the stalkers, whatever they're called, before they come out? Why why cut to that? But I guess it's like that whole thing of like the sport. Like in America, I think that's really common to like after sporting events, like one of the hosts oh, would it? be in the locker room, like celebrating with the 
with the you know like team that's won but it's like it doesn't make sense when only one or two people go out at a time and either they kill the person or they don't come back mm. so except buzzsaw obviously because he was last year's champion he was yeah yeah i just didn't quite get why they needed oh maybe yeah the more i think about it yeah the times that i've flicked over on it and you've got like the the american football and things like that and they cut yeah okay the uh my favorite scene in this and it sort of plays into all the stuff that we encountered on our action episode mm-hmm. please please do have a little listen to that um with this like totalitarian government and how the, obviously in dystopians uh, it's a prerequisite that the, the government has to be dipshits but they're usually so strict about so tr- trivial things so when um in this movie the running man he arnie has like a little woman sidekick called mm-hmm. uh oh is that alba yes uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah <laughs> It's Alba from Vampire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew she uh, looked familiar when I was watching. An easier though. time than she did. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather get hunted by Nicolas Cage or hunted by uh, Buzzsaw? Um, Buzzsaw. Yeah. yeah Buzzsaw. The my favourite thing is so again totality. Everyone's under lock and chain. Uh, clearly, the government is is that weirdly like it's invisible, but it's all seeing type. Uh, shenanigans mm. but when she gets called up to the place because at first she dobs arnie in he gets arrested yeah. so she's quite complicit in the regime a bit later on that like rebel instinct kicks in and she, she eventually changes sides but she gets called up to it because she's she's got against the party line and she gets chucked into the show and mm. as she's getting chucked into the show Dan Killian like introduces her for the audience like they do on game shows like yeah. this is Tracy she works in a council she he does that but he says um this is Amber I think her name is yeah. in the film she's he says this is Amber she's flaunted he says something like she's flaunted the traditional uh, codes of morality and and the law she's been with three different men this year how do we, how do we know? and best she cheated on her school exams <laughs> that was me fail i just love that well, with, with that thing on the on the morality law though that also doesn't make sense because if that old biddy is allowed to say motherfucker live on air like surely she'd be uh she'd be dumped in there definitely into the running man um, yeah but I just love the fact they know they know how many blokes she's been with and they know she cheated in her sats. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love that. I love that. What about the um the thing that I also love is is how the movie very like has this massive step change about three quarters of the way through. But all the way along it's been this quite, you know, this totalitarian, you know, battle royale type thing where the focus is very much on, and even in the Stephen King book, actually, the focus is very much on the fact that at the end of this, you don't know whether this guy will survive it. And it's very much, it's less about him taking down the government and more about him just like being a, rep- a symbol, symbolically fighting against the government. I mean, that's what like Battle Royale does, that's what Hunger Games do. Um, a lot of these, even 1984, which I think all of them are predominantly based off of. Mm-hmm. It then just turn and it, yeah, as I said, even the Stephen King movie it, it, in Stephen King book, it, it it doesn't do that. 
but it then turns three quarters of the way where there's within the running man complex there's like a rebel hideout that is just primed to take down the government and then yeah. in the last like 20 minutes they just get their get the guns out storm the place and just and just take down the government um and then it, it's suddenly like they've overthrown the government in this like single last 20 minutes change of pace with the movie which i found mental but it did include one of my favorite arnold schwarzenegger lines in this movie which is when he kicked okay. open the door to the the studio the audience is there all shocked to see him alive and i just goes it's your time and it, i just i just love that <laughs> scene absolutely. absolutely loved it that is very schwarzeneggerish that um and just the, it kind of gets to that next point where he ends up taking down Killian and he puts Killian in this like in this the tube in this you know, toboggan that goes into the running man place and I think I think I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong but Killian says to him like drop dead and Arnie goes I don't do requests that's it yeah I love that <laughs> I love that he has, uh, like I say this is the whole dialogue is very Pliskiny John Carpenter-ish, really, because it's full of the only dialogue you get is either the show host in turn by mm. Les Dennis of America, or the those one-liners yeah. that you know John Carpenter sort of patented. So at one point you've got, and the camera sort of turns from the action, literally cuts to a close-up of a face, Arnie's face, lets him say it cuts back to the action yeah. like it's that like sort of wrote um at one point he's when he first meets uh amber you remember the, the woman who's had three fellas uh <laughs> and cheated the, on her mass and <laughs> cheated on her sats the he meets her in what he thinks is his brother's apartment anyway one of his escape plans is if they pretend to hook up and look like a married couple, they might just be able to get through uh, like customs type things because he's a wanted man. He's on like the FBI's wanted list. But in that, doesn't he wear like this giant Hawaiian shirt? Yes. And she says something like, oh my God, I, I think I'm going to be sick over you. And Arnie goes, it won't ruin this shirt. <laughs> so I have to do that again. because Do that again, <laughs> do that again. Do that again. That's because I can't get the accent right. I thought I was going to nail it the first time round. That come across... <laughs> That was a Russian bartender. What's <laughs> uh, Arnie? Yeah, let's do an Arnie. What's it like? Like a I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Okay, so she says they're walking through the airport, trying to flee through customs. A last ditch attempt. She says very nervously, you know, oh, I think I'm going to be sick. And he says, it won't ruin this shirt. Oh, fuck it again. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. <laughs> You're Arnie. That is brilliant. I, I, I'm not doing like it again. Boris Yeshenkov from Goldeneye. <laughs> I'm, not. I'm invincible. <laughs> it sounds like Chekhov, that, that guy from Star Trek. You know, he used to have that dodgy Russian. Nuclear Wessels. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nuclear Wessels. <laughs> uh, Captain Kirk. But I, I love about that scene when he tries to when he tries to get through customs is also how everyone like as if he thinks that him wearing a hawaiian t-shirt 
and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. but you are like six foot something. You're built like the proverbial. And as if you, it's a bit like Tommy Wiseau not being recognised by the flower cluster. <laughs> by the flower it's like no one in the entire world <laughs> looks like so. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So how on earth are you thinking that you'll get through that? Doesn't he make small talk with the bloke on like the passport stand as well? It's like it's like always oh, second honeymoon or something like that. Yeah, oh, it's oh. gonna be sunny this time. Yeah, you couldn't look more <laughs> Arnie-ish if you tried. I do have to say, in the eighties and uh, the eighties, Arnie did actually seem to have problems getting through customs. Actually, I think that was a, that was a common trait within a lot of eighties or nineties movies, mm. like. This in The Running Man, in Total Recall, he has problems getting through customs. He has that woman's head on it and he has to throw it and it's a bomb. Um, in 12 Monkeys, Bruce Willis has problems getting through customs. That's like a... Kind oh, of a yes, common... of course. And, and Bruce Willis is wearing a weird Hawaiian shirt in that as well. Yeah, that's on iPlayer at the minute, actually. I spotted that the other night. I want to go back really and watch film. it. That's... Yeah, really good film. Um, oh, okay. This was confusing. At the end... Um, the producers of Running Man, whether that's the Ministry of Entertainment, or whoever produces this show, it's hard to establish. The they realise that Ben Richards Arnie is, to quote Agnes, a mean motherfucker, and he's <laughs> fighting back with everything he's got. Um, he's really like booking the trend of the show. So they're panicking because of ratings and whatever they worry about. So they do like this sort of fake fighting scene and sort of overlap Arnie's head onto like a, a, a decoy, if you will, get him to fight Jesse Ventura. So it looks like yeah. Ben Richards in the movie is fighting Jesse Ventura, who shoves him against this like wall of spikes and mm. Arnie bleeds. And, and, and so anyone watching the show in the movie... Um, thinks, oh well, okay, that's it. He's Ben Richards is dead. Now, if they can edit anything, just don't do the show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or just do it. Yeah, it doesn't. So why didn't you do yeah. that at the beginning? If the whole point of this is to is like a criminal detention thing, to kill yeah. off unwanted, just get them up, fire and line them. Or do like yeah. a, you know, kill them however way you want and just put like uh, repeats on or or just, well, not repeats. But they do they do that also because they have like, they have like the three people who have beaten Running Man and actually it's revealed three quarters of the way oh, through the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. that they're dead. Two, two points on that. Number one, that's like a film studio set. It's like obviously like a derelict mm. part of la or whatever but it's film derelict set like surely you just get rid of those bodies so that no one can <laughs> yeah. stumble upon them one of them's like what tied to the radiator yeah he's like tied to the radiator it's, it's all that and then again again you could have just done cgi thing that you did with the others to like make them look like they were actually on a beach in hawaii somewhere yeah or just um, yeah just mess around with old tv shows uh what were the fighting things? You could essentially put Gladiator on. Yeah. Get old, get like the rights from UK TV Gold or whatever. Put yeah. Gladiator on, paste Arnie's head on Wolf. <laughs> and you don't need to employ a studio. You don't need to mess about with 
Paste Amber's head on uh, jets as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Make them do yeah. all that stuff, like the big, you know, the fighting bits, the ball pools and all. Okay, yeah, it's not as dramatic the, uh, as, like, the uh, dynamo. The or... giant cotton wool buds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do all of that. Paste the heads on. Show done. Kill the criminals actually, in... Can I, can I just pull this back? Can I just pull that? You said the ball pits. I think, ball thinking, pit? I think you're thinking of get your own back, mate. <laughs> I'm think I'm thinking of the wacky warehouse, mate. <laughs> I oh, God. frequently confuse those two. <laughs> the um, did you ever go to wacky, wacky warehouse? We didn't have one called wacky warehouse. We had one called uh, Go Bananas, and it oh, was okay. brilliant. Yeah. I had a oh, I loved I loved the birthday party. Yeah, Go Bananas. I, want, like, I think there should be an adult version of that. Like, just Yeah, so, like, I was going to say, what's the acceptable age to not go to the wacky warehouse anymore? <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, I used to love I used to love them. I do you reckon, do you reckon, how, do you reckon Arnold Schwarzenegger could beat Get Your Own Back? Because, or do you reckon he'd be gunged? Him or Jesse Ventura? <laughs> In the election debate. Yeah, yeah. Dave Benson Phillips going, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Right, we've uh, teleported back to Earth and are ready for the results of our casting couch. Uh, we've been working away. Um, I've definitely written down a few interesting ideas. Um, it's quantum, was it again, Ashley? Quantum, quantum overflux. Um, yeah, overflux. Quantum overflux, yeah, okay. So I've written down some ideas for this as well. Um, but why don't you kick us off with, uh, with what we've got for quantum overflux? So I think we were talking about it a bit before. Um, we may as well stick with it. I think the traffic system in sci-fi movies is ripe for, because it's always in the background. It's always yeah. just, it's either literally just seen from a window or it's some sort of five minute car chase and that's it. Let's, let's put this front and center. I'm going to have the, the main character is a driving instructor. Um, mm -hmm. probably. Uh, I'm trying to, I, I don't know what his business is called. He's a sole trader. Um, probably drives. A Honda. Honda, yeah. A Honda, Citroen, maybe. So, yeah. But like kitted out Citroen. a bit, you know. Um, and he's been doing the rounds. Very studious guy. One day he gets recommended a pupil. Okay. And this pupil, uh, I don't know, he needs like a futuristic name. Um, Denny, that's not that's not De a, that's not a future. <laughs> the, the future, the, the future. <laughs> uh, the Denny. In fact, I'm, the chosen he's going to be played by Denny from the room. I think that's Denny uh, from the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is going to. Can I also just throw? Is that so? Is the guy who's running his like car dealership place? Um, yeah, and tutors. Yeah, tutors. Uh, can we have that as um, maybe? Malcolm McDowell. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, I want to so try and get. I want to try and get Rutger Hauer in this as well. Okay. The chosen one, uh, Denny from the room, probably with that same uh, haircut that yes, he had. The that, bob. The yeah, bob like cut. a side parted <laughs> bob, um, <laughs> which yeah look look like the sort of. Like the armrest of like a nice sort of mahogany chair. <laughs> so he's in it, but he's 
the other trope that we, I mean, this is sort of, we do slightly more niche stuff in our tropes as opposed to the, the, the more general stuff, but one of like the top level headline sci-fi cliche tropes is the chosen one. There's yes. always a chosen, obviously Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, that, that business. Uh, the girl, Neo. Uh, the, what's her name? Lilu from... Lilo, yeah, um, yeah. So the chosen one. So the pupil he takes on to do is his first few driving lessons. Yeah. Denny, he's he's the chosen one in this universe. Okay. So he's destined to be like the toppler uh, of governments or the um, like the, the new big preacher type thing. Uh, he the kid doesn't realise it. Maybe maybe the driving instructor does or doesn't. Or over the course of the movie, he he begins to. Um, realize yeah. that he's he's going to be maybe like that there's a super racer type thing um competition maybe in the movie that you compete you know like an f1 type thing that you compete for and um, denny is like really good at it and that's yes. an indication that he is like the chosen one yes. maybe i was thinking that so maybe like with these chosen ones you usually have like you've got what's his name zorg in fifth element mm. played by uh is it gary oldman gary oldman yeah that's it and then you've got Another like a weird people. haircut another that was a weird that's like a plate and yeah, yeah like a plastic um the thing that you get you know when people have um they get put what is it when people like have brain things they get put like a plate in like a metal plate yeah. it was like a plastic one yeah yeah so there's that so like you got to have an evil corporate so i'm going to say rutger hauer is going okay to be yeah evil yeah so you know um i'm going to say he's a cyberpunk type villain as well um like kind of very much like are augmented mm, yeah. with robotics, maybe, and something. Um, I also have someone else who I want to be in it. Now, I'm, just, I'm not sure whether she's a villain or a hero. She could be, like, like in a lot of these chosen ones, there's usually, like, the unbeliever, the Han Solo-type character who doesn't believe in all this nonsense, but then learns and realises that this person is the, the chosen one. Um, and then you've got a like but usually you've got someone who is like the wise teacher the one who knows that this is the person who's going to bring balance to the force like you know the yoda or the obi-wan mm. type type thing um i'm gonna say deborah meaden <laughs> funny you should say that because i've my handwriting's weird top of that list there duncan bannatine <laughs> honestly Bannatine. honestly that's what that says <laughs> Let's get Duncan Bannatyne in this. He needs to be in this then. Yeah, well, maybe just the dragons themselves. <laughs> just um, all the dragons. Peter. Um... Maybe the driving instructor has tried to pitch his business. Um, maybe he sells, I don't know, like those, maybe like a de-icing solution uh, during mm -hmm. the winter for the car. Yeah. Um, so he's tried to sell his de-icing. Maybe he comes with like a squeegee tool as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't know where that'll go. <laughs> what you're going this is really <laughs> practical considering it's set in like 2455 we're still on um car squeegees uh but he yeah so he's got this squeegee the ice and business that he's pitched to the dragons maybe he takes the kid along maybe it's one of those scenes yeah. maybe it's like a weird version of like in star wars you have like that scene where uh, another sci-fi trope where like the chosen one comes before the council Yes. So obviously in Star Wars, the Jedi Council uh, in this movie, Dragon's Den. <laughs> it's the dragon. You're in the pitch uh, for the car business, the service that they've got. Yeah. Um, and maybe, Theo Vetus is there and he is the one who recognises. Maybe Malcolm McDowell in the Dragon's pitch 
he's getting a bit flustered with the figures. Yeah. So he knows his product. Mm. Uh, he knows the multi-layered space Valentin market. But <laughs> the whole profit and, uh, profit and loss accounts he's a bit unsure on. That's mm. where uh, Denny steps up. And Denny he's, steps he's, up. he's a boss with the figures. He's a boss with the... Um, with the forecasts, um, and he just nails it, and he impresses the dragons. That's yeah. where you get the first okay. extent that this kid's talented. With numbers? <laughs> yeah, just just, just with accounts at this stage. <laughs> the whole <He's> got... <laughs> ability to, like, I don't know, bend light and whatnot will come later. Um. Cool. I reckon so. Then Rutger Hauer wants to uh, is pursuing Malcolm McDowell, um, and yes. uh, I reckon like the the council lets them escape, and Deborah Meaden gets shot, um, yeah, okay. defending, yeah. defending um, Denny, and maybe that's when Denny kind of unleashes his full potential within the power of of this mm. of, and that and maybe that's what it's called the quantum overflux. That's his like power. Um. That's like, a, yeah, I like it. That's our version of the uh, like the force. Yeah, but maybe it's like some really powerful thing. Like he has the ability to, <laughs> I don't know why, he's got the ability to crunch numbers where he's really good on the books. But then he's also... The, he's, he's really also, good at accounts. Yeah, but he can also like, um, he, he's basically also like a nuclear weapon. So like he can... Okay, I like that, so yeah. He, he can be harnessed yeah. as a weapon, but also like, if he, but he's obviously uncontrolled about it. His relationship with Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm's trying to temper it so he doesn't overload um, and, or overflux. Um, overflux, yeah. Maybe he's got the ability to know how full uh, a tank is at any given mo moment. <laughs> maybe he can, maybe that's it. Maybe we've got this economy built on like flying cars and all the rest of it. Maybe he can make like. Um, uh, petrol and diesel blow up. I mean, you just need a match for that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, that's exactly what I meant. He has a lighter. <laughs> no, no. I think or I a think big he's... novelty lighter. That's exactly what I meant. Well, maybe it's this other thing that he is like this supreme force of energy, and like it's like everyone's got flying cars. It's costing all this energy. So Rutger Hauer wants him for basically a human power plant like it that's good yeah so then malcolm mcdowell and denny are going on the run i think we need a third person in here but i'm going to throw this to you we're going to have the ai companion which is basically like kit from knight rider so it's the oh, car yeah that's it's the, the, it's the yeah. citron it's the citron itself but the ai within it played by steve buscemi <laughs> he's gonna be yeah okay yeah so like they're that. going on the they're going on the run in quantum overflux. They're being chased by Rutger Hauer and his goons through a futuristic New York City. Yeah, so there's going to be loads of like epic car chases and things like that. Um, are they going to meet some sort of like, uh, they might have to duck and dive, go into hiding, maybe meet like a, a rebel force, yes. an underground, that's a, another classic trope mm -hmm. alert, is that you've got this underground, usually quite grungy, dingy, but smart group of people who are rebelling. I'm saying maybe led by Miss Dynamite. <laughs> okay, fine, Miss Dynamite. She actually, actually, to be fair, 
I, I could I could go. I think that would work. She's well. the uh, the rebel leader. She hides them out. She maybe teaches them. You know, there's conversations about politics and all that shit. They then all rise up. Maybe they're maybe the rebels are also good mechanics. Yes. Yeah. So they can good. like super kit um, the car or something like that. You know, at the end maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe because maybe because I think. Usually they, like, they, the underground Miss Dynamite's uh, Rebel Alliance are yeah. in like uh, <laughs> Miss Dynamite's Rebel Alliance. They're in like um, a an underground. Their, their base is like a scrapyard. Yes, and well, maybe a, the end scene is like all of these dishes broken. You know, you've got your Fiestas, you've got your all, all the rest of it, your Peugeots in there. At the end, they all rise up like a fleet. If you know what I mean, so it looks like a, on the surface it looks like a disused, just scrap. Uh, but in the end, they all rise up, and there's like a big sort of space car fight, like a flying car fight. You don't exactly. really see that. That would be good. And then, but I think a lot of these like chosen one is a journey as well. It's not like mm. they're the chosen one and that's it. It's like you know, it's a bit like you've got to get the chosen one to safety, or mm. you've got to get the chosen one to fight the big bad. So maybe in this like. Um, world denny needs to get to like some like arcade uh, like old race of people that are going to protect him or something because he's always going to be hunted because mm -hmm. he's like this oh, supreme source of power so like the final confrontation is like trying to get there rooker Hauer is chasing him and then maybe something like i don't know maybe he he shoots malcolm mcdowell and like this would have been some this could be something where like Denny would have normally freaked out, and this could have been like him blowing up and turning into a bomb. But like this is like showing that Denny's like harnessed his power, um, and like kills Rutger Hauer. But then I think you need some kind of superior being that comes down to like take Denny and protect him. And this is where my my acting actor, I think I've got a right guy for this. Okay, I don't think he's doing much since uh, since his movie back in the nineties. The cool. uh, the guy from Fight Club with the giant breasts. <laughs> Is that meatloaf? Is that meatloaf? I might have made that up. Okay, no, it's it's the guy. It's the guy who's like uh, got like Can you we know get when our fact checkers on this. Yeah, let's get let's get the the, the um. Is meatloaf in Fight Club? <laughs> Is meatloaf in Fight Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rob, Rob. Bo okay, so it's meatloaf. Okay, actually, he's probably done a lot more. So Meatloaf is playing the uh, the superior being that is taking Denny. Is he in Fight Club? Yes, he is. He's Rob Ewan. Paulson. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not the guy you're talking. I, 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 yeah, no, he is. He's the guy oh, I'm talking you go. about. Yeah, okay, Meatloaf's character in Fight Club. Yeah, knew it. So yeah, and then and then Denny. Maybe yeah, Denny... so he's so he's gonna come down. Is he gonna be one of those like um, like a they have that thing in Star Wars, don't they? Like you become that like blue sort of hologram type figure. Yeah, is like it, is it going to be that sort of I think I, No, I think he's going to be like almost like godlike. He'll come down, he'll like thing. And then Denny is like wanting, is like knows that he has to leave. But then he's obviously seeing Malcolm McDowell is dead. And he's like, can you bring him back? Like, I will come with you willingly, but mm. can you bring him back? And so, yeah. Um, and all the while you've got, you know, Miss Dynamite fighting, um, Fighting the reb, the rebels fighting like Rutger Hauer's. Yeah, she comes out. I don't want, I don't want her to die. No, no. Um, but then, yeah. So maybe Meatloaf brings Malcolm McDowell back to life, and then 
they they kind of go to the next plane or wherever, and mm. Denny is taken to safety. Um, Rook oh, is dead. Rook kind of is dead. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming Denny passes his test. His driving I mean, test. Yeah. I mean that that is well. Maybe that's a nice poetic scene at the end. Is that Malcolm McDowell is like. He's recovered. He's back in his like thing, trying to get back to normal. Like society is shifting. This big corporation that like you know Rutger run is is collapsed, and he's like going through his documents and he realizes that he's got like the letter addressed yeah. to Denny. I like that. Or, or maybe that's because at the minute our film has been very uh, serious, semi-religious, bit political in there. Miss Dynamite Rebel Alliance. He, <laughs> um, Maybe the comedy of the movie, and sometimes there is like like Harrison Ford was in the Star Wars films, like Bruce Willis is in, in Fifth Element, there's a comic element. Maybe that Denny doesn't pass his test. Maybe everyone's like, he's like waiting for the results and he's just being like, oh, oh I've definitely bossed it because I'm, I'm, you know, the, the, the Messiah in this he's world. The, so, the Messiah one, yeah. you, you, you know, Jesus wouldn't have failed his type of thing. So, <laughs> but m- maybe at the end, it's just like, oh, do you remember that big battle? And, and yeah. you went round and you blew Rugger Howard's thing up. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that, that was epic. And he'd be like, no, 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 that was the bike lane. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love that comic moment. Brilliant. So he doesn't pass his test at the end. I think that's where, you know, the little sort of the lighter touches of the movie. So that's it for our sci-fi episode. Um, we've got one more uh, before we round off our first season with a bit of a, a kind of uh, reflective one. So one more proper episode um, in our episode nine coming up uh, soon. Uh, Ash, do you want to uh, enlighten us with what we're uh, going to be covering? Yeah, so another slight tango turn on the next one. We've sort of got tired, I think, of, or we've come to the end of doing our, our big genres and things and probably it'd be remiss if we didn't do what we're going to uh, call just netflix because at the end of the day it's it's at such a the heart of how everyone looks at tv now and how everyone watches movies um it's become the communal view and experience of our time so yeah we're going to look at netflix and all the typical stuff and trash that gets pumped out on there cannot wait cannot wait um before we go out uh please don't forget keep on listening um it's been a real journey for me and ash as we've come through this and coming near the end we're, we're realizing how uh, how sad we're going to have this uh, without us uh, kind of chatting with you guys uh, every couple of weeks um so by all means please like follow us we're on all the kind of major podcast channels um Castbox, Spotify, uh, also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter full of uh, hilarious uh, memes uh, made by Ashley. Uh, so until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you around. <laughs>